Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards with Impact Cyber Church. I want to welcome you today. What we're going to be talking about today is something you're probably going to want to listen to over and over again, and it's probably going to be something you might want to share with a lot of friends. We're talking about the pain antidote. And actually, I'm continuing with the series we did last month, How to Stop the Pain, because this is so vital to people. I have so many people talk to me when they read my book, How to Stop the Pain, or when they hear some of the messages that I preach. People always want more because even before they put it into application, they realize this is so incredibly simple. So I just couldn't stop with where we were last month. And I know some of you, you know, if you're a part of Impact Unlimited, you have access to all of my series. Uh, uh, well, they come as they come out. And, and I know that you'll go through the whole series. But I got to thinking, maybe you're not a part of Impact Unlimited. Or, and maybe you can't afford to buy the series. So I want to take you through as much of this as I, as I possibly can. Now, keep in mind, the Bible talks about offenses. And an offense is something that makes you stumble. And I want to bring you to the place where I, where I give you an antidote so that you are not experiencing offenses, so that pain is not regularly coming into your life. You know, through this series, through the book, through the CD series, through these teaching, uh, uh, cyber church teachings, I'm showing you how to put an end to pain of the past, and I'm showing you how to create an antidote to avoid pain in the future. An antidote makes you immune to a particular disease or a particular kind of you know, infection or to a particular kind of poison. Well, the pain antidote prevents you from ever having to deal with offenses and their consequences again. But it's not something you do one time. You know, and, and I deal with thousands, actually tens of thousands of Christians all over the country and around the world, and at times hundreds of thousands. And, and one of the things I've found is that there seems to be a lack of understanding that we make decisions day in, day out. And so that means that there, there's no one decision that you make that suddenly puts an end to, all pro, to a problem or to a whole set of problems. You can't make one decision about uh, how, to avoid, how you're going to avoid pain, and that will mean you'll never make another decision. Every decision we make is a free will decision that we have the right to make because we're created in the likeness and the image of God. And how we make every single decision determines what we allow in our life. And, and we very unintentionally make decisions when we have conflict with other people, when other people may say or do things uh, that cause us to inwardly feel pain, to feel minimized, to feel lack, to feel limitations, to feel shame. In other words, to have any of these negative emotions. Those negative emotions are the offense. What that other person did 
is really not an offense unless they intentionally did it. And very seldom uh, are the offenses that we're carrying around inside of us, very seldom are, are those offenses uh, created by someone who intended to create them. That they might have been created by someone who, who was ignorant and, and didn't give thought to how they were expressing a particular thing, but very seldom did anybody really desire to hurt you and to cause you pain. So that means that most of the offenses that we face, well, really all of them, even if the other person intended to create pain, we might have momentary pain, but if we follow in the Bible's admonition about how to deal with offenses, then the truth is that pain can only last for seconds or minutes and it's over. And even when it comes back to your memory, it doesn't come back and bring pain back to you. Now, God has called us to make this journey into the realm called the kingdom of God, where righteousness, peace, and joy rule in our heart. And there are certain decisions that we have to make, and we have to stand unwaveringly in those decisions. For example, if I want to live in the kingdom realm, righteousness, peace, and joy, righteousness means I am as I should be. Well, how should I be? Well, I should, I should be happy. I should be fulfilled. I should be walking in love. I should be enjoying life. I should be intimately connected to God. Righteousness is more than just some moral ethical measurement of, of you know, a scorecard of whether or not you, you, you meet, you pass the grade or something like that. Righteousness gets into the whole concept of if all of these things are mine in, in Christ, how should I be? How should I function? How, you know, how, should, uh, how should I really enjoy you know, life? So righteousness is about how I should be given what God has done for me. Uh, peace in the kingdom of God, the whole principle of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is that if I am intimately connected to God, and, and if we have this love relationship, then, that, then I am as I should be in my relationship to God. And out of that connection comes the realization that because of our relationship, I have access to all of his resources, which means I can trust him to protect me. I can, I can trust him to, to provide for me. I can trust him to lead me whenever I need to make decisions. So because I know that all of my needs are met in him and all the, his resources are there, then I can live in peace. I can have a tranquil state of mind that the Bible calls peace. And if I have that peace, I'm going to have joy. Inwardly, I'm going to be celebrating God no matter what's going on around me because I've, I, am, I am righteousness. I'm walking in righteousness. I am, I am peace. I have peace. I'm walking in and enjoying peace. My, my life is as it should be, and I'm, I'm kind of having a party on the inside. And so to, to be unwavering about these things, you can't have these goofy religious beliefs where you're looking at God sort of like the Greeks looked at their gods. You know, when the Greeks looked at their gods, they saw their gods as, as gods who played with 
were like puppet masters that played with men. Men, you know, human beings were just pawns and the gods were always trying to establish their will and you were always trying to figure out what they were. That's how most people relate to God. Most people have no idea what God does, why He does what He does, and they're always trying to figure out, okay, why did God allow this? Why did God do this? And, and that kind of thinking comes out of the fact that we really don't believe one of the two core beliefs that you have to believe if you want to have a stable walk of faith, if you want to have immovable, unshakable faith, there's two core things that you have to believe. Number one, you have to believe the biblical account of creation. And it's amazing how we've moved in, a, away from that kind of faith. It was that kind of faith that, uh, that moved Abraham to be able to walk with God and, and, and face situations that were just, just phenomenal. But the second thing you have to believe is that God created man in his own likeness and image. And I'm telling you, if you are not immovable on those two issues, you're always going to struggle with faith and you're always going to struggle with mystical concepts about God. You're, if you don't understand the, the, the authority of the believer, you were created, and really it's not the authority of the believer, that's incorrect. It's just the authority of man. You were created in the likeness and the image of God. And whether you are righteous or not, whether you're saved or not, you still have authority as a man. You know, we, we've got this doctrine that says that when man fell, he gave his authority to the devil. No, he didn't. The truth is when man, the only time uh, the devil doesn't have authority, but man does. And when we operate under ungodly principles, we are using our authority to establish the will of Lucifer in planet earth. And God's only able to reign in planet Earth to the, degree that, to the degree that we believe and trust Him and make decisions based on His truth. Then we are using our authority because God gave authority to, of planet Earth to man. So we have a free will that God will never violate and we use our authority for good or evil. The, the word authority just means really the right to do things. So... I've got to be unwavering in my authority. And particularly now that I'm a believer uh, uh, and, and I have the sense of who I am in Jesus, I have, I have the knowledge and the experience of the finished work of Jesus, then yeah, as a believer, I come into a whole new a dimension of confidence about using my authority. So this means I have absolute authority over what is allowed in my heart and my mind and I can choose to end past pain and I can avoid future pain that comes through offenses. Now, I'm telling you, very few Christians ever come to that place to say, to say I make choices. And, and these choices, through these choices, it determines what is going to go on in my heart and in my mind and in my emotions. And this is not God allowing this. This is not God doing something. As a matter of fact, it'll probably take us maybe uh, uh, um, two weeks to get through this whole thing that we're going to be talking about today, about, about this pain antidote. But, but you're going to be amazed at one of the common scriptures that because we don't truly understand offenses and we don't truly understand forgiveness about how we make it impossible for God to heal us 
of the pain of offenses. Now remember, an offense is something that makes me stumble. It is an emotion, it is a feeling, it is, a, it is something internally that makes me stumble. Now here's what's really interesting. Uh, when you look at the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, you find that they stumbled primarily at the promises of God. And that's really where most people stumble. You know, when I get hurt, when I get discouraged, when I feel less than, when I feel like I'm unworthy, when I feel like I am unqualified, then when I am confronted with one of God's promises, if I feel unworthy or unqualified, I am not going to have the courage to pursue that promise. I'm not going to have the courage to actually just to receive that promise and take it in my heart and begin experiencing it. Why? Because I feel unworthy, because I feel unqualified. Why do I feel unworthy and unqualified? Because I got offended because when I was a kid, my mother over and over and over said, you'll never amount to anything. Or when I was a kid in school, uh, uh, teachers made fun of the way I read and said, I would never, I, I, might, I might as well go, go take shop and don't even bother going to regular high school. You know, somebody said something to me that made me feel lack and made me feel less than I really am and made me say, these are the limitations on your life. Well, if, if you're still walking around in that belief, that is the offense that is limiting your life and limiting your fulfillment or your connection or your trust in the promises of God. Because when you've got an offense in your heart, the problem isn't that you don't trust God. You just don't trust you. You just don't, you just don't, you believe yeah, God can do that and he can do it for other people, just can't do it for me. So if I allow the offense to remain in me, it affects my heart, it affects my ability to, to receive from God. And in fact, what I choose to allow to work in me. You're saying, wait, I didn't, I'm not allowing this pain to work in me. Whoop, 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 whoop. See, there you're contradicting what God said at creation. You're created in the likeness and the image of God, and you have authority. Well, it just don't seem like I have any authority. Well, it doesn't seem like you have any authority because you've never believed that, and you've never used that, so you have no experiential knowledge as, as to what authority is about, what it looks like, how to use it. But if you don't believe it, you cannot get it to operate in your life because it's not about God making it operate for you. It's about you believing the truth and operating. So, so what's interesting is if what I choose to allow to work in me, God can actually do nothing to help me because if God steps in and says, I'm going to fix you, I'm going to heal you of this hurt, but I have never used my authority and I have never made the choice to let go of that hurt, then uh, if I've allowed it, then it would mean that he has to violate my will and he can't violate my will. You see, when you understand you're created in the likeness and the image of God, you realize you have a free will. You better learn how to use it. You better learn how to make choices. So violating your free will is something God is never, ever, ever going to do. Now, Romans, the ninth chapter, verse 32, uh, it's talking about, you know, the children of Israel, you know, they, they tried to approach God from works and, and legalism, and, and they would never accept that the promises of God are ours freely in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And it says, it says that they didn't seek these things by faith. They saw them as if they were by works. And the reason the Gentiles have come in is because they didn't seek them by works. They saw them by faith. And so it says this in verse 32. And this is a quote from the Old Testament. It says, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Now, what is that rock of offense? The rock of offense is Jesus himself, but it's not just, it's not just the fact that it's Jesus. It's the fact of the promise based on the scripture, based on the word of God, that Jesus brings about a new covenant, about a, about you know, God didn't change the promises. He didn't change anything. He just changed how we would be qualified to obtain those promises. He made a way for us to receive righteousness by faith, receive as we should be. And if we receive it, if we believe that, then it works in us to make us as, as we should be. But you see, that promise is an offense. It's a stumbling stone. It's something that makes people stumble because it's too good to be true. It's too good to believe. And so Jesus and his promises become an offense because we stumble over them. Now, if you, if you go read that same passage of scripture in 1 Peter 2.8, it says this, they stumble being disobedient to the word. Now that, anytime you see the word disobedient uh, in the New Testament, or you see the word obedient in the New Testament, you're going to realize that, that, that the root of that word has to do with belief, has to do with the same word we have for faith or for belief. And so when it says that, that they, they stumbled being disobedient, really in the Greek it is saying they stumbled because of unbelief. And, you know, this is, this, what's really interesting about this word it's, a, it's really not just the fact that they didn't believe, it's the fact that they were unpersuadable. In other words, uh, they, they really kind of determined that they weren't going to be persuaded. It, so it means it was, it was kind of willful. They are unpersuadable concerning God's Word. Unpersuadable concerning the promises of God that we have in Jesus. Now, when we insist that we can't forgive. And we, we just started talking about this last week about how we've got to get a biblical concept of what forgiveness is because most people believe they can't forgive because they are holding on to an offense. Man, they've got a pain, they've got a hurt, they've got an anger, they've got a shame, they've got a rejection, they've got whatever it is inside of them that, that, that they felt when someone wronged them, when someone trespassed against them or when someone sinned against them, they, man, they are, they are struggling with that and, and they're holding on to it because they're, they're, they're not forgiven because of the unbiblical concepts that we have about forgiveness and what that means. So, so when, when God tells us that we can forgive and, and remember, and we'll talk about this in more detail. The word forgive just means to send something away. In other words, God is saying, you can send away the offense. You can send away the pain. 
you can send away the feelings of discouragement. You can send away feeling limited, unqualified, and all of those negative things. But if you don't send those things away, then you are choosing to be unpersuadable. You're, you're saying, I can't, I can't do that. I can't forgive. I just can't forgive. You don't know how I feel. I can't forgive. Well, Jesus said over in Luke 17, remember, he said, all you got to do to forgive is to do it. That's it. N nothing more. So all I've got to do to send things away that are offending me is to send them away. And I'm going to teach you specifically how to do that. But when we insist that we can't forgive, or the truth is when we insist that we can't believe for healing, when we insist that we can't believe uh, uh, for a financially stable life, and we insist that we can't believe for happiness because of all the pain that we've suffered, basically what we're saying is, I trust my emotions more than I trust God, and my emotions say this can never happen. So I am choosing to be unpersuadable concerning God's promises. You're not going to persuade me that I can get over this hurt. So really what you're doing, you're choosing to hold on to the hurt. You're not going to persuade me that I can be happy even though I'm alone. You're not, you're not, I'm not going to let you persuade me. Why? I'll tell you why. Because I think that if I had somebody, I'd, I'd solve my alone problem. Well, it, it would help, but it wouldn't really solve it. See, I realize that most of the decisions we make that destroy our lives are made by default. They're not really consciously, intentionally made. For example, when we do not choose life, according to the Word of God, we have by default chosen death. When we don't choose blessing, we have by default chosen curses. When we do not choose peace, we have by default chosen chaos or uncertainty or fear or some other negative emotions. We have to decide to choose life. Otherwise, by default, we have chosen to experience death, destruction, and pain. <clears throat> when we do not choose to forgive, and we talked about this last week, and if you didn't watch last week, you, matter of fact, if you didn't see last month's programs, you need to go back and watch all of them so you can really understand what we're talking about and get on track with this. By the way, let me say this. And um, when we do um, uh, How to Stop the Pain Through Impact Unlimited, and, and we will launch that in January, and you can be a part of it, it we will go through uh, a workshop. It's not just going to be just reviewing the teaching and just talking about the same things, even though we'll talk about all these things. We're going to take people through a coaching event for, for a month that teaches them how to deal with these issues of pain. And we're going to help you uh, get some exercises that you can use to move away from pain. We're going to, we're going to put these tools in use. So, so be sure and check out Impact Unlimited over at moveyourboundaries.com because, man, I'm telling you something. Uh, if you've struggled with pain or if you get offended easy, this is going to be incredibly, incredibly helpful to you. So we don't choose to forgive. We choose to be offended. Those are, those are the options. But I want to help you put an end to those types of destructive choices, even though they're by default. There are two choices that we make about dealing with pain. Now, remember, we, we talked about this already. You have two choices. After you become offended, you have two choices. Those two choices are 
to forgive, to send it away, or to hold on to it. And Jesus taught that over in, in, in John 20, where we went to last week. But I'm going to show you where this is kind of put it in, put in different terms all the way through the Bible. You have to make the choice to send this away before God can do anything at all to help you. you and this is why, you know, so many times people will get healed after they forgive someone. And so to the legalistic mind or to the casual observer, it looks like, oh, because you forgave that person, then that convinced God to heal you or that got God in a good mood or you earned healing. No, that's what it looks like on the outside, but that's not really the truth. And I'm telling you, you're going to discover um, this with what you learn this week, next week, you're going to discover why so many people get healed after they forgive. And it's a phenomenal thing. It has nothing to do with dead works. It has nothing to do with legalism. It has nothing to do with earning anything from God. But it has to do with you acting like a person who's truly created in the likeness and the image of God. So, <clears throat> you know, we've, so we got two choices after we have an offense. Send it away, hold on to it. If you hold on to it, it works in your body. It works in your soul. It works in your mind. It becomes a source of emotional torment. It becomes a source of, of, of physical sickness and disease. Literally, the stresses that are created in your body make it impossible for you to live in peace. And peace is the, is the emotional and mental and heart state that supports a healthy body and a healthy mind. And so when offense comes in and pain comes in, then I am living in torment. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, most of the diseases we get, we wouldn't get if we didn't have all this pain inside of us. So two choices after you get the offense. Send it away, hold on to it. But prior to having this pain inside you, you still actually have two choices before you get to the point where you're hold, holding on to pain or having to send it away. And, and this, is where we, this is where we get into uh, prevention or cure. And those become your two choices. I'm either going to prevent this pain from working in my life or I'm going to let it come into my life and then I'm going to have to try to figure out how to get out of it. And you all know once the pain starts, whether it's emotional pain, physical pain, it is hard to get healed when that pain is working in you saying, no, you can't do this. No, you can't have this. No, you're never going to get over this. No, this is going to hurt the rest of your life. No, don't let this go. Don't let that person get by with it. No, 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 no. Well, so I have found that prevention is easier than cure. You know, you've all, we've all heard Benjamin Franklin saying an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Well, in fact, it's worth, an ounce of prevention is worth far more than a pound of cure. Nothing could be more true. Because like I say, it's always harder to recover from a problem than it is to prevent a problem. And once the problem has taken root, we become overwhelmed by the emotions that it causes. 
and we stumble through unbelief because we become unpersuadable because these emotions are so powerful. Now listen, be sure and join me next week. I, I'm telling you, we're, we're going to take this down and we're going to get this into, into application. Between now and then, you got to decide, am I, really going to, am I really going to choose to believe that I can deal with this pain and these offenses? Am I really going to believe that, uh, uh, that I can resolve this stuff? Am I going to believe that God's promise works to me, that I actually can forgive if I decide to? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Not only that, but God's Word works that says you can avoid this pain if you choose to. Listen, I appreciate you being here. And if you're watching this on um, YouTube, be sure and like this video because that'll cause thousands more people to see it, but also subscribe to this YouTube channel. And if you're interested in purchasing the series uh, on how to stop the pain, you can go to impactministries.com. You can get it through our new store. Or if you're interested in getting it, through Impact Unlimited, we make all of my new series available to you and uh, you don't have to purchase them. And so you, you've got all this material that's coming out and you can utilize this and you subscribe to Impact Unlimited just for pennies a month. So click on the, click on the link that's, that's probably going to come up here and uh, go check out Impact Unlimited because it'll help you. But also, I want you to know something. We are reaching people all over the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I would love to invite you to be a world changer that helps us continue to take this in all the nations of the world. We are in every nation in the world and we're starting Bible schools all over the world. I would love to have your help. I'd love for you to join us. So listen, I'll see you next week and uh, watch out for all the good things that are coming out because you're going to enjoy what's going to be happening in your life. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.